Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this world, there are more stories than teeth in a shark's mouth. Some are bloody. Some are sharp. Some get lost in a seal's backside. But they're all worth collecting. So, open your mouth wide and listen. Welcome to Brushtown Stories, Episode 1, A Strange New Old Ancient New World. Suddenly, there was a blast of energy. The air smelled of lightning and quarks. Through this brief rip between worlds, a man fell to the ground. Hank Kipshaw had lived his whole life in New Mola. He worked at the cement works since graduating high school. When Flosso installed himself as de facto mayor, Hank didn't care. Politics was for eggheads and anteaters. That's what he always felt. He'd only voted once, and that was for the new color of Burt's Pieces candy. Mother's Day Orange was his choice. It wasn't one of the options, but he wrote it in on the inside of the wrapper and put it in the mailbox. The winner was blue. (laughs) Blue. The hamburger of colors, Hank scoffed. But it was fine. If blue was what they wanted, blue worked for him. Hank was at heart a go-along-to-get-along kind of guy. So Flosso taking over never bothered him none. And when he forced everyone to work on the Fuzzatronic bomb, that was fine too. Work is work. That was one of the mottos Hank believed in. That and bless this mess. He wasn't sure what this mess was, but he was all for blessing. Not that he was religious, but he liked saying bless you whenever people sneezed. In fact, when he'd go out, he'd often hope someone would sneeze so he could say bless you. There was a time that it got out of hand and he'd go into restaurants and unscrew the tops of pepper shakers. But he was over that now. Currently, though, getting zapped by the weird power current fluctuations and sent through some sort of portal annoyed Hank. He never liked portals. He had a friend who always called doors portals, and she always sighed really loud. And when they'd perform the toothsome pageant in town, she'd laugh extra loud at certain parts that weren't funny, but they used to be funny like a like hundred years ago or so, so she just wanted everyone to know that she got it and was aware of it being a joke, even though it wasn't a joke anymore. But Hank never told her and just smiled and would pat her on the shoulder and say, Yep, Bortles. Hank, though, did enjoy wordplay. He liked it when the announcers would call the Pacers the Wasters because they missed so many opportunities on the court. 
He hadn't had a relationship for a while. He didn't mind. He liked stirring concrete and unloading it from the truck. He also liked working on the Fuzzatronic bomb. They let him hammer panels. But he didn't like this place. He didn't like wherever he was zapped to. But where was he zapped to? Tall and leafy, the ferns grew tall and leafy all around him, and unfamiliar insects buzzed in the treetops. Palm fronds dappled the light from the high canopy above. This don't look like no new molar I ever saw, Hank said as he looked around. A large dragonfly buzzed by and landed on a leaf in front of him. <laughs> this ain't gonna be a raw day at the Barkaplast, the dragonfly said. You talk, Hank said. Sure, fella, it's shutting up that I'm bad at. <laughs> Before Hank could inquire further about this, the dragonfly flew off into the palm forest. Well, that's a real kick to the keister, Hank said. He always been taught that insects didn't talk. But then again, he once thought he heard a ladybug say, fun on a bun, when he was 12. But he was also suffering from a high-grade fever at the time, so... He didn't have time to ponder the situation for long, because suddenly the sound of thundering footsteps filled the undergrowth. He ducked behind a large gourd, which was growing on a yellow vine. There was a sound of trumpets, and then several dinosaurs appeared. A few wore centurion outfits and ran through the brush, their tails waggling. Then came a large sauropod in a purple robe, attended to by several small lizard-like dinos that scurried up its body and fed it grapes. Once this odd saurian parade passed by, Hank scratched his chin and considered it. Well, that ain't the usual, he said. Suddenly, there was a rustle in the bushes. Bushes? Rustling? Hank said redundantly. Suddenly, a fleet-footed Deinonychus leapt from the bush. Its lightly feathered body rippled in the breeze. Its beady yellow eyes locked on Hank as it slightly tilted its head to one side. It then lowered its large, razor-sharp toothed jaw right to Hank's forehead. He could feel its hot breath and the sound of its breathing. It then reared up and coughed. <laughs> oh, verily, excuse me, how rude for me to pounce and then go about gluffusing, the Deinonychus said. You mean coughing, Hank asked. Coughing? No, no, no. It's called gluffusing here. My, you are a strange creature. It'd almost be a waste to eat you. Almost. The Deinonychus snapped its jaws in the air. I understand. Do with me as you will. Hank then took a deep breath and closed his eyes. Wait, wait. The Deinonychus seemed quite annoyed. You're not going to even fight back? Huh? Hank said. He frowned. <laughs> I'm more what you call a do-what-you're-told kind of guy. Mix the cement. You got it. Hammer that panel. Sure thing. Keep working on this experimental molecularly unstable bomb. No problem. And now, get eaten. I'm a go-along-to-get-along kind of guy. The Deinonychus put a clawed hand to his toga. Oh, by the way, the Deinonychus was wearing a toga. That won't do. You have to be self-actualizing. You can't just bend to other people's whims. What do you want? Want? Huh. No one ever asked me previously to this here moment what I want. And in that moment, Hank flashed back on his life, thinking of all the things he ever wanted. The toys, the cereals, the parental hugs, the meatball palms, the trips to Peoria, that weird personal submarine in the Hamica Schlemica catalog, and then again, the meatball palms. A meatball palm, he said. In all my life, that's what I wanted most. Well, the Deinonychus replied, I'm unaware of that thing. Is it like a rock or something? Kind of. 
like several small rocks of meat and a long bread rock served with cheese. Cheese? The Deinonychus was puzzled. There was no such substance or anything resembling cheese in this dimension. He shook his head. Well, in any event, I can do one thing. I can stop standing atop you. I'm probably crushing some of your softer bits. The Deinonychus hopped off Hank and offered a claw to help pull him to his feet. Also, I've been quite derelict in regards to etiquette. My name is Tiberius. Tiberius D. Deinonychus, from the Bronchiodal Expanse. Tiberius then gave a salute where he banged his arm against his chest and then hopped a bit. Uh, I'm Hank of the, uh... New Molar. It's a town. Hank held out his hand. Tiberius, unsure of the gesture, gave it a quick lick. Hank laughed. <laughs> it tickles. Oh, uh, also, I was zapped via unstable molecules into your world. Well, Hank, of the uh, New Molar, it's a town. What is to be done with you? I don't know. Throw me a party, Hank offered. No, throwing such a bacchanalia without a permit would attract the attention of the Imperial Guard and their merciless leader, Strawberry Tops, the vicious Triceratops. But that's such a cute name. They call her that because her horn tips are always bloodied like the tops of a strawberry. The tops of a strawberry are green. <laughs> Those are the bottoms! Oh, what a strange world you must come from! Tiberius let out a chuckle. This world is upside daisy! And what's with the togas? Oh, we're all part of the Roman Empire, which never fell. <laughs> what an odd thing to say. Why would I ever think it would have fallen? Oh, Tiberius, you are a delight. Thanks, me. Anyway, dear fellow, you best come with me. Emperor Oedipus T-Rex would not like finding you. He hates temporal anomalies. Tiberius then ushered Hank towards his stegocycle, a motorcycle which was optimized for dinosaurian use. It had a flushy sidecar with flames painted on it. Wow, bitchin' bike, Tiberius. Hank ran his hand across the polished bone detailing. Thank you, though here bitchin' means a small fruit often used for sport, but I can intuit your meaning from the context. Tiberius flashed his version of a smile. The sun behind him lit his frame in a noble, almost heroic way. <laughs> Hank's cheeks flushed. Hank turned to Tiberius. He couldn't meet the dinosaur's dilated, bird-like gaze. He, he kicked at the dirt. Gee, thanks for helping me. For, for a dinosaur, you sure are, uh, handsome. Tiberius was taken aback. But this odd, sort of hairy flesh nonosaurus was delightful in his own way. Like a brick or music. Flustered, the Deinonychus blurted out, You flirt, but I could say the same for you. It's hard to explain where feelings come from. Once people believed they came from a pink tree perched on a rock on the back of an armadillo named Mushi, who would sneeze and cause the tree to shake, and then feelings would fall to the ground like ripe fruit. And then a small bear would grab them and toss them into the sky and shoot them with a gun, and the exploding feelings would rain down upon people and fill them with emotions. A nice story of which science can't definitely deem false. But at this moment, the fluttering, exploded drops of feelings had found their way into the bloodstream of both Tiberius and Hank. Hank wiped his suddenly sweating palms on his cargo pants. Oh, hey! Oh, I'm blushing over here! Tiberius leaned in, and for a moment, the world seemed to stop, and the sounds and noise all ceased as Tiberius and Hank shared their first kiss. A kiss that would be the first of many. 
They knew the Roman Empire would not sanction their union, and so they'd have to find a place that would not judge them or toss them into a pile of spikes. Spike piles were common at this time in this dimension. So they headed up to the hills, and then across the northern border into the Democratic Republic of Gondwanaland. They were aided by an old hermit Ankylosaurus named Piston Tonks, who showed them the way to Bear Potato Mountain, named because a dinosaur named Potato used to run naked across the peak. There they found a cave, and outfitted it with sofas, and love seats, and an end table. They didn't have much, except for the sofas, and the love seats, and the end table. But they had each other. And that was enough. Love kept them warm in the winter, and Tiberius had a weird condition where he sweated lemonade, and this kept them cool in the summer. They grew old together. They held each other. And then, after a long, long time, died within ten minutes of each other. And even though in the ten minutes between Hank and Tiberius' death, Tiberius ate Hank's corpse, it didn't matter, because sometimes love, true love, is about eating a corpse. A delicious, delicious corpse. End of story. Brushtown Stories is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan Goldberg with music by David Erviglieri. Hank is Matthew Roy Berger. Find out more about the show and cast at podmusical.com. Find out more about that weird mole at WebMD. You need to take care of yourself, man. Thanks for listening and have a suntabulous bicuspid of a day. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.